0: From NPR and WNYC live from the Bell House in Brooklyn, New York. This is Ask Me Another. I'm Ofira Eisenberg, your host for another hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. Coming up, you'll want to strap on some safety goggles and pull out your Erlenmeyer flask as we're going to get scientific with Jad Abumrad, co-creator of the mind-altering public radio show Radio Lab. But first, let's bring up our two brave contestants, Sid Solomon and Max Bernstein. Welcome, Sid. Welcome, Max. So, Max, you are a PhD student in biology.
1: I am. I'm it... very impressed. Oh, thank you.
0: What are you working on right now, my ass? What's your project?
1: Uh, I work on uh, population genetics and evolution in microscopic worms.
0: No idea what you're talking about, but that sounds crazy. Neither, as it turns out. So you're growing these, uh, these worms. And then you're counting how they reproduce, something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. that sounds fun. It's, it's pretty awesome. That's a PhD, huh? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these days, anyway. Yes. Excellent. Welcome to the stage. Oh, thank and you. Sid, you are a actor. I am. Uh, you're good at crossword puzzles, I bet.
1: Yeah, I do okay. I grew up in a in a crossword loving family. I was very often the kid who got asked for the sports answers by my oh, mom. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I always knew it was the answer. Usually, melot because there's two T's.
0: Oh, look at you. Fancy right off the top of the show. I I like that about you, Sid. (laughs) Okay, well, this game is appropriately called Got Game. In this challenge, we're going to list tokens, pieces, or spaces from popular board games. And you have to identify the game. Easy. For example, if I said left hand, right foot, and right hand, you would say Twister. Exactly. So, here we go. Dog, top hat, thimble.
1: Max Monopoly
0: That is correct (laughs) Kitchen, Library, Conservatory Max Clue Clue is correct (laughs) Molasses Swamp, Peanut Brittle House, Gumdrop Mountains Sid
1: Candyland
0: Candyland, you got that Stock market zooms Start career Day of reckoning Max The game of life The game of life That is correct I hated that game I hated that game Did you like that game?
1: Uh, it was alright when I won
0: <laughs> I think that's every game, right? Yeah. Did you like life?
1: I was always confused by the pegs and the cars The children? Yeah okay. <laughs> Obviously I still am <laughs>
0: Marshal Sergeant Bomb. Sid. Stratego. Stratego correct. Slide home safety zone. Sid.
1: Shoots and ladders?
0: Ooh, I know it. That seems like it would be, but no, that is incorrect. Sorry? Max, that is correct. It is sorry. Canada's favorite board game. (laughs) Object, action, difficult. Your hint is... Often when I play this, one team will get nice things like house, spatula, sad. When I play it, I get opaque, random confusion. Max?
1: Uh, I felt so good about this before... Let's just say pictionary. Let's say
0: you're right. All right. Congratulations, Max. You have won this round, and you'll be moving on to our final showdown at the end of the show. Thanks. Sid, you were a fantastic competitor. Thank you so much for being on. Ask me another stage. Thank you. Take a hand for our first two contestants, everybody. Now I'd like to introduce you to our traveling troubadours for this week, Paul and Storm. Hi. Hi there. (laughs) Would you guys like to play us a little something? We'd love to. Great.
1: Uh, This song is about the dangers of moonlight. Four weeks ago, me and Emily Lou were on a North England tour. Late one night against advice, so who went a walking out on the moors. She thought she saw a doggy underneath the full moon's light. But when she tried to pet that doggy, it gave her a nasty bite. Didn't think too much about it till this morning when I read, There was some kind of monster out last night, and eighteen folks were dead. My baby slept there next to me with blood caked in her claws. Tattered clothing, guts, and entrails clenched between her jaws. Cruel, cruel moon, please don't come out tonight Cause when you do, my Emily Lou and me are gonna have a fight They say the full moon's meant for lovers, but you're gonna break my heart Cause when you shine, that baby of mine will painfully transform just like that guy from an American werewolf in London Then she'll tear my eyeballs from their sockets, and I won't see my baby anymore
0: That was a song about uh, love is blind, I suppose. Something like that? In the end, it is, yes. (laughs) Our next two contestants are standing before me right now. We have Cece James and Katie Hamill. Welcome to the Ask Me Another stage. Hello. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Thank you. Katie, you're an attorney. Yes. An attorney from Massachusetts. That's right. With the state Supreme Court. Yes. I'm very impressed. Thank you. Who is your favorite Supreme Court justice? Uh, all time. Uh, yeah, I'll say all time. <laughs> okay. I like that you can do that. By the way, you're like Massachusetts or U.S. I'm going to say U.S. for fun. Um,
2: I guess I'll go with Justice um, Marshall. Thurgood Marshall.
0: Okay, I like that answer. <laughs> Cece, I love what you do. You have a vintage books shop for sci-fi, yes. and fantasy books that people have long forgotten that you want to bring out. Th- yes,
3: many of them, thousands. How did this project start? My to um, be husband and I did a Kickstarter. Oh, we nice. got money to bring books that are in questionable copyright back from the dead, printing them with uh, authors or their estate's permission. And then we had to buy so many books to do that project that we started a bookstore.
0: I like that you said state's permission. I'm sure Katie was yeah, like, I, okay, okay, I, I heard that. I got that. it. <laughs> Paul and Storm, what do we have up our sleeves for these people?
4: Well, when we heard that Jad Abumrad was going to be on the show, we figured we needed to do something smart and science-y. Yeah. Some of you uh, may remember the song by Thomas Dolby, She Blinded Me With Science.
3: Absolutely. In fact,
4: let's go ahead and get it out right now, Yeah, let's do
0: it. Science! Science! It's
4: poetry in motion. (laughs) (laughs) So we decided that we would rework the lyrics to that song to be about different scientific principles and discoveries. So we're going to sing the stanzas of that song. And contestants, you have to yell out, she blinded me with gravity, if that were the answer, or whatever it happens to be. And you must yell it in that fashion. Mm -hmm. Very important. After each stanza, there will be a follow-up question that
1: either of you can buzz in for. And the winner of this round will go on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Ready? Yes. Yep. Here we go. Something's happening in the dryer, triboelectric energy. Her hands remind me of live wires. It's shocking when she touches me. She blinded me with something. Cece. She blinded
3: me with electricity.
4: (laughs) Type of electricity?
3: Static. She blinded me with static.
0: You hit it. Well done, Cece.
4: And now the follow-up. We all experience static electricity when we pull socks out of the dryer or by rubbing a balloon on our sweater. But what is a large-scale example of static electricity that kills, on average, 40 people in the U.S. every year? Katie.
0: Lightning? That is correct. Well done.
1: Genetics is her hobby. Her lab made children all make me amazed. They're identical copies, right down to all their DNA. She blinded me with something. Katie. She blinded me with cloning.
0: That is correct, Katie.
4: Follow up question. In 1996, scientists in Scotland reported the first mammal to be cloned from an adult cell a sheep by the name of what?
0: Katie. Dolly. Dolly is correct. You know you're cloning Katie.
1: She puts my world in motion, riding the asthenosphere, forming mountains and the oceans. It's why Pangea is no longer here. Yeah, she blinded me with something. Katie. She blinded me with continental drift. Is
0: that what you're looking for? <laughs> the puzzle guru says yes. You got that correct. We were looking for plate tectonics, but that works. I feel the
4: earth move onto my feet. Saying what artist... On her hit 1971 album Tapestry.
0: Carol King? That is correct, Katie.
1: <laughs> She's so experimental, speaking to me in both Swiss and French. Collisions aren't accidental. In her multi billion dollar trench, she blinded me with something. Cece.
3: She blinded me with the Large Hadron Collider. Yes, that is correct.
4: (laughs) And costing nearly $5 billion, the Large Hadron Collider was built to find elementary particles such as the Higgs boson, which has been given what sexy nickname by the
0: media? Cece. The God particle. Also correct. Well done. It was a great, great match, but Katie is the winner of this round. She'll be moving on to our Ask Me one more final round. Cece, you are a joy to have on our Ask Me Another stage. Big round of applause for our contestants. (laughs) Coming up, our VIP, that's very important puzzler, it's Jad Abumrad... With Robert Krowich, Jad hosts and produces the public radio show, Radio Lab. And back in 2011, Jad was named a MacArthur Fellow, popularly known as given a MacArthur Genius Grant. So based on that, I ask you this. What IQ do you need to have to be considered a genius? This answer and Jad Abumrad after the break. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is NPR's Ask Me Another. You're listening to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and joining me is this week's VIP, that's geek speak, for very important puzzler, Radiolab's Jad Abumrad. Welcome to
3: Ask Me Another, Jad. I'm super excited and a little nervous to be here.
0: Don't be nervous. I like the fact that Ophira Eisenberg and Jad Abumrad are sitting down. Sounds like we're going to solve peace in the Middle East. Yeah. (laughs)
3: Or we could at least sort of appreciate one another's hard-to-pronounce names, yeah, Exactly.
0: Right? Public radio names, as I like to say. So I teased earlier in the show what IQ is considered a genius. Just wondering, when you were awarded the mm. MacArthur, did you have to take an IQ test for that?
3: Uh, I think you had to get into double digits, but no, no more. No? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> 34? Is that okay? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I scored. Just for anyone that's listening that wants to know what the answer to that was, you have to score. I think Genius is about 140 and up, something that I will never attain. (laughs) What was your first
3: job in radio? Uh, I guess that would have to be I volunteered for a community station here in New York, WBAI. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I did news reporting for them. And it was the kind of thing where, I, I don't know if it's like this way now, but back in, in those days, you could just walk in there, and then that day you could be covering some city hall <laughs> thing and not know what the hell you're doing. They'd
0: be like, you, here, you, do this. get out there.
3: And you're doing like a 12-minute piece about a protest.
0: And how did things progress for you creating a show called Radiolab that is a cult
3: pit? I don't know. I feel like I'm a couple of lucky breaks away from being a well-educated bum <laughs> <laughs> with a double-digit IQ. Yeah. Um I don't know, you know, it, I sort of wanted to be a musician, and that was sort of my plan all along. And pretty quickly after school, I realized I was no good at that. <laughs> and so, and I was also writing a lot, and so somewhere, maybe three or four years after school, I decided that the two things I liked to do kind of met in the middle at radio. I'd never listened to the radio. It was not, I had no relationship to the radio as a kid. I grew up listening to radio in the back of cars and kind of public radio and sort of being bored by it. But somewhere, like, you know, <laughs> coming out of school, I thought, wow, you know, the radio, what an interesting idea. It's sort of both things I like to do. And so I started volunteering. One thing led to another. I happened to be in the right place at the right time. So basically the
0: uh, moral is you got to show up.
3: Take a shower every so often. <laughs> Take a shower? So. <laughs> but, yeah, but then I think basic hygiene and just show up, yeah.
0: Most people think of Radiolab as a science show, but it is obviously so much more than that. It makes science entertaining and accessible, but if you were to describe what it is, what do you say, science show?
3: I don't, actually. I mean, it's certainly a show that's interested in science, but it's about science, seems to sort of be a confining way of talking about it. I think of it as, it's a show that is interested in the scientific method, but ultimately... I feel sort of like a, a vampire would feel. To where like I want to suck the blood of science and dispose of the corpse. That's kind of how I feel about science. I don't ultimately care about science, but I love the questions. I love the method. I love the way in which you can be rigorous and investigate what you can know about the world. But ultimately, I'm interested in walking to that place beyond which we don't know, beyond which we can only speculate and dream and engage in mystery and wild conjectures. But I don't want to do that in a cheap way. Not like a, you know, get high in your dorm room kind of way. Right. I really want to take seriously what what you can know so that you can get to that place and feel like you've earned it, like that moment of wonder.
0: So if I were to take all the episodes of Radiolab and put them together and try to see what the overall question, Hmm. the overall problem that is trying to be solved, what would it be?
3: Wow. That's Uh, good, right? That's a good good one, one. right? Yeah, Yeah, I thought of that. Uh, (laughs) That might have been one that you could have just warned me about in advance. (laughs) No, you know what? I think I have a let – me, let, me, let me bump my way to an answer. I think – like here's something we keep coming back to again and again and again. We don't mean to, but suddenly it's there. Questions of free will.
2: Mm-hmm. You know, questions
3: of like can an individual break free from their destiny? Uh, can they somehow exert their own authorship on the universe? So every story that we do I think has that secret sort of idea. Like can we, I, us make a difference?
0: I feel like I'm sort of in, like, cosmic therapy right now, just so you know. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about me by talking to you. Is that It's narcissistic a little bit, but I like it.
3: No, no, I go with it.
0: Do you have any themes that you've tried to explore that you're just like, nope, this will never see the light of day for whatever reason?
3: I would have said anything and everything to do with physics, but no, we've done a lot of physics recently. So, you know, we recently did a show where we tried to sonify what a mantis shrimp would See, as it looked at the rainbow. Okay? And I thought to myself, I thought to myself (laughs) while doing that... That's amazing. Right? I was like, if there's any story that can never be done on the radio, this is it. (laughs) But we did it. And I think it actually worked. Thank you. So now I, I no longer believe in the limitations of what we do. I feel like we can do anything.
0: Do your friends and family members, you know how some people, do people call you up and they're like why is Pluto no longer a planet? Why can't I eat a spoonful of cinnamon? Like,
3: do they call you up with, uh... No, but I, I will find myself at parties and someone will be like, Jad knows about science! <laughs> Come over here! He's talking about wholesale copying of DNA sequences. I don't know. With the genius thing now, I'm sp- suddenly expected to, to have opinions on things that I just don't know anything about.
0: All right, Jad. Well, we are going to have a little trivia challenge for you later in the show. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Big hand for Jad Abimrod. Let's welcome our next two brave contestants, Matt, Stefani, and Leah Gibbs-Gore to our Ask Me Another stage. Matt, I understand you're a graphic designer, illustrator...
1: I recently made a um, sculpture of Abe Lincoln out of uh, garbage, uh, apartment garbage. Uh, So that's probably the thing I'm most proud of right now.
0: (laughs) And you've turned a Scrabble Slam into a drinking game. Now, what is a Scrabble Slam? I don't know what that is. Well,
1: Scrabble Slam is a uh, card variation of the Scrabble game. You get uh, four or five people and you lay down, uh, you make a word. They're they're cards with uh, letters on the front and back. And, this is like um, the
0: most complicated drinking It's game really complicated.
1: It gets harder the more you drink.
0: <laughs> I guess so. Welcome, Leah. Hey, Afia. You have already won some uh, word contests, a spelling bee when you were a kid. How old were you? I didn't win it. When I was in 6th grade and we lived in Colorado, I actually went to the Colorado State Spelling Bee. Oh, so, oh, nice. <laughs> and how did it go? I didn't make it past the first round. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I made it there. That's right. You showed up, That's which right. is very important, Leah. Well, I'm going to hand this game over to our puzzle guru, Art Chung, because the title of the game doesn't actually even make sense to me. Submit it in reduplicate.
2: Please explain, Art. Well, sure, Afira, Reduplicated words contain syllables that are repeated, sometimes with a slight change, such as in the word flip-flop or chit-chat. In this game, all of the answers are reduplicated sounds, where the only change between the double parts is the vowel. So, for example, if I said it's a jumble or hodgepodge of things, you would say mishmash. Of course I would. (laughs) Who doesn't like to say mishmash? I love
0: mishmash. One of my favorites.
2: Matt, Leah, ring in when you know the reduplicated words. It's the pleasant sound of tiny little baby feet. Matt. Pitter-patter? Pitter-patter, correct. (laughs) It's a tchotchke you might find yourself buying at a flea market. Matt again. A doodad. No. <laughs> ah. <laughs> that Should is be. awesome. Leah. A knickknack. Knickknack. Correct. Your next clue. We don't mingle with these disreputable people, who you might call the rabble. Matt. Riffraff. Riffraff. Correct. Close game here. It's a series of sharp turns in opposite directions. You stumped him. Your clue is uh, I did this when uh, everyone else did that. Matt?
1: Oh boy. Uh, (laughs) Let me just stall for a second. Swiv,
2: swerve?
3: Swiv, swerve. Swiv, swerves? That sounds like a word. Does that that sound sound like a word?
2: No. Leah, do you have any guess? Uh, No. (laughs) Should we throw it out there? Zigzag. 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 To mark with intersecting lines, or a pair of kid rappers from the 90s who wore their clothes backwards. <laughs> Leah. Crisscross. Crisscross. <laughs> okay, this word means to loiter or delay. Leah. Dilly dally. Dilly dally. Correct. Once known as whiff-waff, it's been an Olympic sport since 1988. Matt. Ping-pong. Ping-pong. <laughs> Mr. T wants you to cut this meaningless talk. Matt.
1: jibba jabber. You're
2: a jibba jabber. <laughs> with delivery. This arcade game from the 80s requires you to inflate underground monsters with an air pump until they explode. Mad again. Dig Doug? Dig Doug. Correct. Never played that game, and now that I've heard the description,
0: ridiculous. <laughs>
1: it's before your time.
0: Hey, watch it. I mean, thanks. What? I'm confused. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so used to being insulted. Do you see what happened there? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> DJ Cool Herc is considered one of the founders of this music genre. Leah. Hip hop. Hip hop. Great. It was a close game, but Matt, you are our winner.
0: Congratulations, Matt. You'll be moving on to our final showdown at the end of the show. Leah, huge hand for Leah for being a wonderful contestant. Hi, Paul.
4: Hello, Ophira. Hi, Storm. Hi, Ophira.
0: How would you guys
1: like to play us a tune? We were hoping you would ask. What do
0: you have in mind?
1: Thought we'd be in keeping with the theme of this uh, this last uh, game we just played. All right, I'm intrigued. Splish splash, I was taking a bath. Long about
4: a Saturday night. Rubber duck, just relaxing in the tub, thinking everything was all right. Well, I stepped out the tub, put my feet on the floor, wrapped the towel around me, and I opened the door. And then a splish, splash,
1: splash, dropped back in the bath. How does. <laughs> it's just so exciting. <laughs> I can't wait to see how the story ends. Yeah, I don't know.
4: I'll tell you how it ends. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> there was a splishing and a splashing, reeling with the feeling, moving and a
1: grooving, rocking and a rolling. And a sagging, nicking and a nacking, hipping and a hopping, chippering and a jabbing, digging and a tugging. Woo! A splish splash. <laughs> Collin Storm.
0: If you're listening and thinking these puzzles are so easy, well, then get over here. To become a contestant on Ask Me Another, simply email us at askmenother at npr.org, and we'll send you a quiz and see what you got. Let's welcome our next two contestants. We have Lori Wogue and Brian Deviney. Welcome to the Ask Me Another stage. Brian Deviney, for our listeners, is wearing a kilt. I need to point that out. It is very important. Uh, Are you Scottish, Brian?
2: No, I'm Irish.
0: You're Irish.
2: Is that an Irish kilt? This is the Irish revenge tartan. That sounds like some sort of martial arts move. <laughs> it, it means don't tick me off.
0: Always good to start on the offensive. <laughs> Brian, are you into trivia? Are you a big I, trivia? I love about? trivia. What is your favorite brand of trivia? Do you have a, a sort that you're like really knowledgeable about?
2: The Miss Universe pageant.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Do you have one fun fact about a
4: Miss Universe 1971 was from Lebanon, and she was the only Miss Universe to be crowned wearing hot pants.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to talk to Lori right now, because Lori could weigh in on all of this. She's an immigration lawyer. I am. You probably have heard it all. I have. Yes. Uh, just so you know, I do have a green card and it has not expired. Okay. So I'm very oh good. Point. I wasn't
4: going to ask. That's my policy. <laughs>
0: so, really, yeah. that, good to know.
1: Yes.
0: So, you guys seem like the perfect people for this following game. This game is called Small Screen Adaptations. Because lots of movies have been successfully adapted into television shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then there's been not so successful ones such as the television show Ferris Bueller. Starring Jennifer Aniston as Ferris' sister. Anyone remember that? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? <laughs> some people do. That is so... Sad. Sad. Uh, so in this game, we're going to present some ideas for television series based on big screen films. But since they need to be scaled down for the small screen, we've removed a letter from the title. So we'll describe the show and you give us the new title. For example, if we said this series features a sweet, dim witted baseball official who thinks life is like a box of chocolates, we'd be talking about Forrest Ump. Oh, okay. Oh. Forrest Gump minus the G to make him an umpire. This sounds hard. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. A fussy old southern woman makes a new best friend, the African-American swimming coach, who prompts her to jump off the high board. Lori. Driving Michael Phelps. (laughs) That is incorrect. It's a fun answer.
1: Brian, did you have it?
2: Diving Miss Daisy.
1: Diving Miss Daisy. That is correct. Could I say right now that I would totally watch the TV show Driving Michael Phelps?
0: From Pixar comes the adventures of some Meshuggahna-talking dreidels. Such a surus. Lori. Oy story. Oy story. Each week, a different angel is told that if he saves a despondent soul, he'll get his wings. But that turns out to be a big, fat fib. Brian's looking up. Lori's
1: looking at me. You guys just got to know the answer to this one.
0: Oh, Lori. It's a wonderful something.
1: Yeah, it is a wonderful something,
0: yes. It's a wonderful wife. That is incorrect. Brian is trying... It's a
2: wonderful lie. It's a
0: wonderful (laughs) lie, yes.
2: Thank you, Lori.
0: An overprotective clownfish desperately tries to locate his son, last seen wearing his hair over his eyes, (laughs) listening to Weezer, and swimming with sharks off the coast of Australia. Brian. Finding Emo. Finding Emo. (laughs) Jack Nicholson plays a jaded private detective in this hard-boiled mystery series set in a city full of green, moss-covered pets. (laughs) Lori. Chia Town. (laughs) Chia Town. Julia Roberts reprises her role as a beautiful prostitute, but this time... She's spitefully insisting on being bought dinner as well. Brian. Petty woman? That is correct. We also would have accepted eat, pay, love. (laughs) So much fun. You two were wonderful contestants. Turns out that Brian is the winner of this round, and we'll be moving on. Thank you so much to Lori. This is NPR's Ask Me Another, and I'm Ophira Eisenberg. Coming up, we'll find out what your last name says about the job you were born to do. Plus, we'll strap Radiolab's Jad Abumrad in the Ask Me Another puzzle hot seat. Welcome back to Ask Me Another, NPR's hour of trivia, puzzles, and word games. I'm Ophira Eisenberg. Our next two contestants are standing right here looking very excited. We have John Wilking and Megan Shade in front of me right now, chomping on the trivia bit. John,
3: welcome. Thanks. Nice to be here.
0: I'm glad that you're here. You are a theater actor. What kind of theater? Are you...
3: Uh, The musical theater, as long as there's no dancing involved. Uh, You don't dance? I'm a mover.
0: You're a mover. Oh, that sounds very uh, expressive. (laughs) And you're a knowledge bowl team. What's a knowledge bowl team?
3: Uh, It's when a bunch of kids in high school get together and sit around this little electronic strip, and you just
1: buzz in answering questions about... uh, about stuff you should know. Okay.
3: Um, and that knowledge is gone now. Oh, yeah. It's useless knowledge now. Are you into trivia? Are you a trivia person? I am.
0: Good. You're going to need those skills. So you still have those. It'll come in handy. Okay, too. good, John. And welcome to Megan. Thank you. This is interesting. You still, you used to research and write for encyclopedias. I used to. Really? That, too, is gone very much like <laughs> most of my high school and college. And you worked in dictionaries? Did you write the dictionary definitions?
3: I did a few very minor monosyllabic words um, okay. for the
1: dictionary.
3: Have, I, have I you ever heard of the? Yeah. Is that one of yours? Is that your work? No, I mostly did etymologies and sample sentences where I sort of wove in all of my family members' names throughout various, <laughs> throughout
0: various dictionaries. So if people put all the sample sentences and dictionaries
1: together, it would be like your memoir?
0: It would be, yes. It's very crafty. All right, Paul and Storm, what is our next game?
1: This round is called Long Before They Were Famous. A long time ago, many people's surnames indicated their occupations. If your name was Mason, you worked with Stone. If your name was Coleman, you worked with Cole. And if your name was Sanders, you ran a medieval chicken empire. We are going to give you a hint about an
4: occupational surname and a clue about a famous person who has that name. You have to identify the person. So if I said his ancestor's ground grain long before this person cracked wise on SNL's weekend update, you would say Dennis Miller. The winner moves on to our Ask Me One More final round at the end of the show. Are you
1: ready? Yes. Her family once built roofs, but she broke the glass ceiling of Britain's Parliament in 1979. John. Margaret Thatcher.
0: Yes, that is right, John. Well done. (laughs) His
4: great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather may have trained falcons, but he wrote books like Light in August,
0: Megan. William Faulkner. There you go, correct.
4: <laughs> While her ancestors worked with metal, she worked herself into a tizzy as the Dowager Countess on Downton Abbey.
0: Megan. Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith is correct. <laughs>
1: His ancestors once made barrels, but he's a barrel of laughs in films such as Wedding Crashers and Silver Linings Playbook.
0: Megan. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper is correct.
4: His forebears kept records in an office or maybe a court, and he presided over his annual New Year's Rockin' Eve broadcast.
0: John. Dick Clark. Correct. You guys are doing amazing at this game. You look so scared at the beginning, and now you're just whipping through them. Still are. Still are? (laughs) Well, it works for you.
1: This person's ancestors made and fixed wagons, while he is a folk singer and father to musicians named Martha and Rufus. John. Wainwright. Which one? There's about 20 of them. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) John?
0: <laughs> I like that you went with your own name. We're going to need it more specific than that. Uh, Megan is holding up her hand, which is an interesting alternative to the buzzer. <laughs> Loudon? Loudon is correct.
1: Right.
0: Close match, but Megan, you are the winner of this round, and you'll be moving on to the final showdown at the end of the show. Thank you so much, John. Now let's welcome back to the Ask Me Another Hot Seat, our VIP, Jad Abumrad. <clears throat> Jad, were you sweating out backstage?
3: Some of this stuff is abusively hard.
0: <laughs> abusively hard? I, I think it's not. It's like sort of... No, no, uh, no it's
3: fine. It's, it's all in good quizzical fun. Good
0: and quizzical fun. Yes. ready. You're re- you're, I'm ready. You're I'm a gonna, smart you know, guy. Gonna... You're going to ace this we were thinking about science here, and sometimes scientific discoveries happen when large groups of people spend a lot of time working very hard on something, and they solve a challenge, right? Like landing on the moon, or sequencing the human genome, and other times stuff happens by accident. And then someone gets a Nobel Prize, and this game is about that. We're going to tell you about happy accidents in science, and you have to name the invention or discovery that resulted from it. Oh, Lord. Fun, right? Okay. You'll be playing for one of our listeners, Sasha Woodward. And normally, when we do this, you have to get four right for that person to win a prize, but since you're kind of a genius, you have to get them all right. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think Come of that? On. Yeah, sure. Don't worry about it. Let's start. <laughs> all right. In 1945, an engineer named Percy Spencer was building radar transmitters for the defense contractor Raytheon. One day, he stopped in front of a magnetron, like you do, and he suddenly realized that the chocolate bar in his pocket had melted. His discovery would lead to what common kitchen appliance?
3: I'm going to have to go with microwave.
0: You are going to have to go with correct.
3: Who's my spirit animal? What's what's her name again?
0: (laughs) Spirit animal's name is Sasha Woodward. Okay, all right. (laughs) Yeah. In 1941, George de Mestral went on a hunting trip with his dog in the Alps. He noticed at the end of the day, he and his dog were covered with burrs, small seeds that hooked into his clothes and his dog's fur. And after examining them under a microscope, hopefully he took a shower first and cleaned off the dog, he came up with an idea for what fastener Velcro? Yes, of course.
3: Change lives, Velcro. You know, I read this story to my kid every day about the Apollo 11. It's all about Velcro. Velcro was huge in space at the beginning of space travel. Yeah. Because things were floating around. They had to fasten it.
0: What did they do before that? They just couldn't have anything.
3: (laughs) It knocked in their heads and woke them up in space. (laughs) That was their alarm. Thank goodness for Velcro. Okay.
0: In 1879, a chemist named Konstantin Fahlberg was conducting experiments on coal tar derivatives. One night at dinner, he noticed that the dinner rolls were unusually sweet, but his wife insisted that she had not changed the recipe. This guy had a wife that made him dinner rolls. Let me point that out (laughs) right now. (laughs) It turns out that he had left work without washing his hands, disgusting, so he went back to his lab Tasted everything in his workspace weird, and then discovered an overboiled beaker. What sugar substitute did Falberg accidentally create?
3: Okay, can we go through this more slowly? Sure, let's do so, it. Fellow makes some sort of tar derivative. Coal tar derivative. Coal yep. tar derivative ends up in the dinner rolls. Yeah, because he goes doesn't back wash to his, his labs. hands. Something got onto his hands and into the dinner rolls.
0: Yeah, something. A beaker overboiled. And, and it is a, a sugar substitute. It's a sugar substitute. In
4: 1879.
0: And it
3: 1879. was in 1879.
0: And his first name is Constantine. Constantine. That should help.
3: And his I wife sh- made dinner rolls. His and wife, his made, wife dinner rolls. made dinner rolls. Just keep on vamping. Just and keep going. he did going.
1: not wash his hands before dinner. Did not wash his hands. <laughs> and he tasted everything in the lab, including his lab partners. I can't think of
3: any sugar substitutes except for saccharin. That's
1: the one. That's it? Yeah. yeah. 1879,
0: that was yeah. I know. So far, you are doing great. You have a perfect score. Okay. In 1964, two Bell Labs engineers could not determine what was causing a low, steady noise in their giant antenna. They double-checked their data, recalibrated their equipment. They even cleaned out the pigeon droppings in the antenna. But the noise remained. Fourteen years later... Arno Penzias and Robert Woodrow Wilson won the Nobel Prize in Physics for discovering cosmic microwave background radiation, which is considered proof of what cosmological theory?
3: The Big Bang.
0: Yes, indeed. That's four, right? That is four. You're fantastic. I know, you got one more. Oh, okay. (laughs) One more moment to shine. (laughs) This one isn't technically a scientific discovery. It's just really cool. In the 1930s, Cleo McVicker invented a putty-like substance to clean the soot from coal-burning stoves off of wallpaper. Weird. But Mm -hmm. 20 years later, natural gas stoves were were becoming popular, and the demand for that product fell. So his company almost went out of business until a family member heard that children had trouble using modeling clay. So the company decided to remove the cleaning agent, add color dyes, and start selling their wallpaper cleaner as what? Is that how Play-Doh came into the world? Yeah. Is wow. that not chilling? Hot damn. I don't know if you were this kind of kid, but I've eaten Play-Doh. <laughs> it's a little salty, but I didn't know it was a cleaning agent.
3: It's basically like bread, but with some dye in it. <laughs> yep. Mashed up.
0: Yeah, and turns out just missing one little thing that cleans soot off of wallpaper. <laughs> but Jed, you've done it. You got them all right. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks to you, Sasha Woodward gets an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. And you know what? So do you. We have a wonderful gift for you. We have an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube that is wrapped in our Ask Me Another chamois that you can use to clean your iPad screen, your glasses, other people's faces, whatever you want. (laughs) One more round of applause for our VIP, Jack Abumrad.
1: How about a song, Paul and Storm? Sure. In keeping with the science theme, this is a song sung from the point of view of a mad scientist who is sad. Aww. This song is called Live. I've worked so long, every night and every day been through hours and hours of research and dozens of graves the perfect girl turns out was just too hard to find so i had to make her but can i make her mine will she be friendly or will she break free will she terrorize the villagers will she notice me Hard work and science are what I have to give. And all I'm asking in return is that you live.
0: Holland <laughs> Storm. Finally, it's what our contestants have been waiting for. Let's bring back our winners to play our Ask Me One More final round. From Got Game, we have Max Bernstein. From Blinding Me with Science, Katie Hamill. From Submit It in Reduplicate, Matt Stefani from Small Screen Adaptations, Brian Davini, and from Long Before They Were Famous, Megan Shades. Archung, what do you have in
2: store for us? Afira, our final game is called For Your Eyes Only, and that's the letter I, because all of the answers in this game will be words, phrases, or proper nouns, in which I is the only vowel. Contestants will give you a short clue, and you respond with an eyes-only answer. We're going to play the spelling bee style, so one wrong answer, and you're out. You'll only have a few seconds to answer. Last person standing is our grand winner. Max... You might use the name of this US state to count off the seconds. Three seconds. Sorry, Max. Katie, do you know? Mississippi. Mississippi is right. Thanks, Max. <laughs> Matt, marking a text with a yellow pen. Three seconds. No, Matt. All right. Uh, move on to Brian. Brian. Highlighting. Highlighting is correct. <laughs> Megan, it's a slang term for a football. Skin. Pigskin. Pigskin, we'll accept that. Yes, Megan. Yeah. Katie, in metaphorically says, you're fired. Pink slip. Correct. <laughs> Brian, a Pacific Island nation known for their bottled water. Fiji. Correct. <laughs> Megan, he used to rap with DJ Jazzy Jeff. DJ I. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Katie, do you know? Will Smith. That is correct. <laughs> We're down to Katie and Brian. Brian, it's the biggest hit of the band Devo. Whip it. Whip it. Good. Katie, in dentistry, it's an inflammation of the gums. Gingivitis. Correct. Brian, it's an important person, or Donald Trump's hair, allegedly. Three seconds. Brian is giggling, but I'm sorry. Katie, for the win, an important person, or Donald Trump's hair, allegedly. Bigwig. Correct. You are a winner.
0: Congratulations, Katie. You are Ask Me Another big winner. Thank you. And your prize. Jad is going to make you your very own personal, unique Sonic ID, which is sort of your own theme song made from sounds in the universe. It's like an audio collage that sounds really cool, and it will be your own personal one that you can use for your ringtone, or for your voicemail, or for your alarm clock, whatever you want. Oh my gosh, that's Congratulations. awesome!
3: Congratulations. <laughs>
0: That's it for Ask Me Another, but it does not have to end here. You can take us with you everywhere by downloading our podcast, or you can find us at a bunch of games we didn't get to play on Facebook and Twitter. Just look around for NPR Ask Me Another. Ask Me Another's puzzles are is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagram to Narc Thug. The man behind the music of Ask Me Another today are Paul and Storm. Modular Pants. Additional puzzle writing is provided by Mark Halpin, Dan Schofield, Mary Tobler, and Greg Volk. Ask Me Another is recorded by Paul Ruest and produced by Josh Rogerson, John Asante, and Eleanor Kagan. Our senior supervising producer is Jesse Baker. Our general manager is Portia Robertson Migas. Our executive producer is Eric Newsom. I'd like to thank the Bell House, Hot Heel Blues, our home in Brooklyn, New York, and our production partner, WNYC. I'm Her Ripe Begonias, Fira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. <laughs> Are you a know-it-all or just play one on the internet? Then the new show Ask Me Another might just be your cup of tea or coffee or two-syllable energy drink that begins with the letter M. Play along and test your knowledge of history, pop culture, even math. I'm Ophira Eisenberg. Join me for an hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia. It's Ask Me Another from NPR.